build the best product. I've been involved in the Patagonia field testing program for a little over 20 years right now. For silent sports done in nature. That's the feeling. That's the feeling that I fell in love with with climbing. Cause no unnecessary harm. Of organic cotton and recycled polyester to recycling the clothing to measuring our carbon footprint. Inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. To give some love back to this river that doesn't have any. It's not getting any love. See what drives us at patagonia.com. With additional support from Kuat Racks and New Belgium Brewing. I'm into bikes. I like fixing them. I love riding them through the woods. I'm even into riding bikes on roads. But I am not into road biking. Not at all. I'm sure you've got a sport or pursuit like this. Maybe you're a climber, but the act of surfing seems suicidal. Maybe you're a kayaker, and the idea of a long belay puts you to sleep. We all love being outdoors, pushing our minds and our bodies, but we all have our preferred flavors of adventure. So last spring, one of my closest friends, Taylor, he calls me up and tells me he's going to ride the Seattle to Portland, the STP. It's this classic bike event up here in the Northwest. And our other close friend, Luther, says, what the hell, and he signs up. And then Becca does the same. I'm in. Shit. 210 miles down the I-5 corridor. That doesn't sound fun at all. But I didn't want to be a wet blanket, so I agreed. Plus, I spent the last decade convincing these guys to go on suspect trips. And I've had a few ill-conceived plans and bad ideas, so I kind of owe them. I could try and become a road biker. And maybe, just maybe, I'd find something I loved. And at the very least, I would have something to hold against Taylor and Luther. So this summer, I decided not just to try it, I decided to immerse myself in cycling culture. I was going to become a road biker. Embracing something means going all the way in. So I borrowed my good friend's carbon fiber road bike, bought some spandex, and planned on shaving my legs. I stopped short of procuring performance-enhancing drugs, but I was serious about this. The mountain bike could catch cobwebs in the garage. My climbing could suffer. It's cool. I was going to find a new passion. Maybe. I'm Fitzcahal, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. Road biking to me has always seemed like raw oysters. I mean, with oysters, before you even put them in your mouth, you're thinking, how could something that looks like a runover frog with a gelatinous consistency taste good? You try it, and the texture, it's not great. It's actually kind of raw, but they taste pretty damn good. So I figured, why couldn't road biking be like oysters? For me, right from the start, road biking has some strikes against it. First, I know there's some really quiet moments of road biking, but for the most part, it happens on a road. I don't mind riding through the city. I even like weaving through traffic, racing cars through downtown. But a long, open country road with cars blowing past you at 65 miles an hour, that just doesn't say relaxing to me. Two, I'll never understand road biking enthusiasts' insistence on plastering themselves with ads. I know, it's a team thing. You like your team. I get it. 
But really, when you put on a jersey that says Radio Shack or T-Mobile or Viagra, you become a walking billboard for that product. Seriously, would you strip down to your skivvies, plaster your skin with bumper stickers for outdoor companies, and then no climbing and hiking or fishing? No. Three. It seems to me that every ride must have a mandatory Starbucks stop every four miles or so, because every time I go past the Starbucks, there's the bike crew. Nothing says refreshment in the middle of a long, searing, quad-burning climb like a double-tall, extra-vanilla, triple macchiato. I don't even know what I just said. It's nothing against coffee, and I shouldn't knock the macchiato until I try it, or at least someone tells me what it is. It's just that Starbucks, they're the same everywhere. That's the idea behind chains. Everyone looks the same in order to provide a sense of comforting familiarity to customers. So why do road bikers, when there's this great, wide, wonderful world of streets, side roads, lonesome country byways, choose to cycle from Starbucks to Starbucks? Four. I admit this might be my biggest roadblock. Spandex. Yep, spandex. I'm six foot two, 150 pounds. I'm skinny. Form-fitting things like wetsuits, unitards, etc. make me look like, well, they make me look like a pencil dork. Even though I'm prone to forgetting about my appearance, wearing the same item of clothing for three days, and getting my hair cut two times a year, I have a limit where eventually I'm going to say, you know, Fitz, that's just not cool. Spandex is that limit. For the sake of road biking, I'm going to have to push past that. Don't ever say I don't give it a my all for the diaries. Five. And this is potentially the deal breaker for me. It's the fact that out of all the outdoor sports, road biking is the least wild, the least rooted in nature. I live in a city. I get my fill of concrete every day. The STP is a bike event rather than a race. If you live in the Pacific Northwest, the STP is one of those things you're supposed to do in a lifetime. It's like climbing Mount Hood or Mount Rainier. It checks in at about 210 miles. 10,000 people ride it every year. It sells out months in advance. Some people ride it fast. Some people ride it slow. It's about the process. It's about being on a bike. It's about getting into biking rather than the actual results. We decided we'd do it in two days. 150 miles the first, 60 the second. I think the most I've ever ridden was about 50 miles before this, and you may remember from the No Car, No Problem episode that I found that to be pretty painful. My regular mountain bike rides would provide a pretty good fitness base, but I'd have to commit some time to pedaling in a different way. I took strides, definitely more than baby steps, but not quite all in, towards my ascendancy into road biking. I started riding home from the crag when I'd go climbing, but riding with a bag of climbing gear wasn't fun. It hurt my back and I realized I had to ditch it. I'd have to pedal for the sake of pedaling. So after work, instead of heading into the local hills to find undulating mountain bike trails, Luther and I would meet up to ride around Seattle. We'd go along the tree-lined Lake Washington Boulevard, into the city's south side, through quiet neighborhoods, some wealthy, some poor, to the nooks of the city I'd never been before, never had a reason to visit. I avoided the familiar arteries, found shortcuts, developed a new sense for traversing Seattle. In a few weeks, 30 miles at a fast pace felt pretty mellow. It was time to start venturing out, to leave the city. It was time to dive into the deep end.
Such bits meet the world. God. So you know the dreams where you go through your daily routines, but all of a sudden you find yourself naked. The dreams where you're taking the bus to work but forget your clothes, and really you need to get to work so badly that you don't get off the bus and everyone turns to look at you and you look back trying to pretend everything is normal. Yeah, I'm talking about the most awkward dreams possible. Stepping out clad in thigh-to-neck spandex felt like that. I prayed I wouldn't run into anyone I knew. Oh, there's my neighbor. I'm good noticing me, but my god, I stand out. You know what, though? It, it kind of felt exciting. I sliced through the wind. I was an ice skate. I was a razor blade. I was fast and mildly dangerous. I was dressed in spandex. Luther, Taylor, and Becca and I were all getting stronger. 50 miles after work wasn't that bad. I no longer felt strange wearing spandex which maybe is strange in itself. I pushed farther and farther out of Seattle, and I admit there is something pretty cool about opening your door, looking out to the Cascades 30 or 40 miles away, and thinking, I will go there and back today under my own power. All of us were nervous. We were a little bit behind our training regime and preparing for two long, uncomfortable days on the bike. This spring, I completed one of my lifelong climbing goals off the couch. I hadn't been able to train at all. And to me, I felt like it was proof that somewhere inside of me existed the mental fortitude to suffer through this ride. I was a road biker. I'd done it. So, I'm about to, I'm about to shave my legs. I've got the, yeah, this is what it means to be a biker, I think. Here we go. Hello? Hello? Hey, what are you doing? Shaving my legs. What? Why are you shaving your legs? You don't need to shave your legs. <laughs> I just shaving my legs. Just for the, the bike. road biking? Dude, just don't crash. <laughs> are you saying I can't shave my legs? Do, but it's gonna hurt when it comes back in. You know, prickly. Ugh. Well, maybe not a true road biker. The best part about bike riding before was no alpine starts. It's 4.30 a.m. <laughs> kind of qualifies as an alpine start. The STP arrived. So the way I figure this is this situation is a total win-win for me. Because essentially, I can go and I can epic on this. This could be the worst thing I've ever done in my life today. And I will always, always, I'll never have to hear it again about any of those other things. Or this could be totally fun. I have no idea what is about to happen. But I'll tell you what, the outcome, it's pretty much guaranteed. At 6 a.m., thousands of riders, all shapes and sizes and different intensities, flowed out of Seattle like salmon moving up a stream. 
I admit it, despite the early start, the long day ahead, something like giddiness welled up inside of me. I was having fun. A lot of fun. Is this your idea, Taylor? Uh, it, no, it was all our ideas. We're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, that is not true. No way. It was all his idea. <laughs> okay, this is really... This took no persuasion on my part. You guys jumped on board. That may be accurate, but it was his idea. How much do we all love spandex? Mm. Right now, a lot. Dep- depends on who I'm riding behind. Fitz and Becca? Mm. Whoa, Luther. <laughs> Even though we missed every training target for this ride, this odd momentum filled all of us. We laughed, pedaled, and then laughed for 80 miles. None of us felt like stopping. And then, road biking got extreme. What's happening here, Taylor? Give me the rundown. What's that? What happened? We had a little crash here. <laughs> team's gonna, team's got to recover, but I think we can do it. Let's just take that bike. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> Luther's bike is done. Well, the front wheel. Front wheel's bike is done. I think there's a bike. Luther had gone over his handlebars. The tire was tacoed, his helmet broken, the handlebars skewed. I I do appreciate how you're exploiting your friend's pain for your own story benefit. (laughs) He lay in a heap with paramedics hovering over him. But he signed a waiver that he'd refused to go to the hospital, that his head injury wasn't that bad, and he went and found a bike shop and rejoined us for a stretch of riding along country roads rolling through towns I'd never visited in 10 years of living in Washington, past the bridge where they filmed Stand By Me into the oh-so-scenic Kelso, Washington. Luther was bruised and bleeding, but laughing. I can't really swear on this, right? I mean, I, I felt like I was... I guess when I first landed, I felt worse at that point than any time where I've fallen mountain biking, but I've been hurt worse mountain biking long-term. And so, but that was the most, yeah, gnarly spill, like immediate reaction. From you. Talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about that. I don't know. I just, just freaking, I know it's, all of I know a sudden, it's I, I don't know, I hit a freaking safety bump in the middle of the road, and I went flying, and best of my memory, I was like, holy shit, I'm going down. When we crossed into Oregon, I felt a little surge inside of me, grow like a flame. My legs no longer felt that tired. I took the lead, let the team follow for a bit, and just kept pushing. The streets of Portland welcomed us. We shouted and weaved through traffic and pulled into a downtown park, beaming from ear to ear. I felt great, like I could have kept riding, except that the beer tent looked mighty tempting. Yeah, we just did it. We didn't have a uh, tape recorder out yet. Sorry, let's do it again. again. Uh, <laughs> Taylor. Thanks, Tay. <laughs> I don't want to I'm an asshole. I could be a road biker. Maybe even a good one. I feel built for it. But do I want to be? I'm not sure. I got used to the spandex. I no longer feel naked. The cars on the country road, not so much. I do love my home in Seattle a little bit more. A few days after the STP, 
I took my friend's sleek carbon fiber bike around the city for another spin before I needed to return it to him. I rode a few of the familiar routes up the hills and then down, descending through the rush hour traffic, through the awkward, plodding vehicles stacked up at intersections. Okay. So this is my, uh, this is my favorite hill in all of Seattle. Now I'm road bikeless, so when I travel on my cruiser, it's kind of like point A to B type of movement. There is no wandering the city in search of miles and saddle time. There's Ethiopian smells. But I have found some places to escape, to wander, to explore, that are right out front of my door. In the Vietnamese. And when life gets busy, when traffic and deadlines block my path to the mountains, I'll know that all I have to do is pedal to the intersection of Jackson and MLK, turn my bike towards the setting sun, let gravity take hold, let my eyes take in the wonder of all these people gathered together, and let my nose guide my stomach. Past Japanese. Oh, red light. Back at it. Yeah. Barbecue. Korean barbecue. Oh god. There's some cars here. Passing cars. Music Today by Dream End, Matthew Deere, and Glitch Mod. You can download the songs at our website, www.dirtbagdiaries.com. I'm writing this from the road. Right now, Becca and I are about to embark on a six-week trip through the Sierra, just to wander and climb. I had to make sure I keep having stories to tell in the future. I had to make sure I was listening to my dreams, that I maintained my status as a dirtbag. We're doing it slow, heavy, and content. And in the meantime, you can still contact us with your dreams or your stories. Allie is running the show. Email her at dirtbagdiaries at earthlink.net. Support for the diaries comes from Patagonia. Right now, Brian and I's video project, Tracing the Edge, which followed the stories of three athletes, is up at patagonia.com, the cleanest line, and on their Facebook page. I've got a couple of blog posts about what it's like to film with Jerry Lopez, Chrissy Mail, and Colin Haley. Check it out. Thanks for supporting us, Patagonia. Additional support comes from Kuat Racks, creators of the Better Bike Rack. Find them online at kuatracks.com. The diaries are also made possible by New Belgium Brewing. I'm Fitzcahal, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries.